On this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power, uh, me and Chris talk about uh, crazy temper tantrums with our kids and how we handle them. Uh, We talk about our crazy work schedules or mine, which is kind of a lack thereof crazy work schedule. Um, It's all kinds of crazy. Yeah. I don't even, can't even imagine dealing with a schedule that changes constantly. It just boggles my mind how some people do it, (laughs) honestly. Um, And then we go into uh, prioritizing your time and how to essentially uh, make the best of everything and why it's important, why it's important to prioritize, why it's important to, you know, kind of just handle your shit. Because uh, you're an adult and you should just fucking handle your shit. That's my opinion. Yep. <laughs> anyway, yep. um, let's get into this episode. If you have any questions that you would like to hear us answer on the show about anything, whatever, we'll, we'll answer anything. Or we'll just answer in the DMs. But yeah, hop into one of our DMs or both of our DMs. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Woody underscore fit one three. And you can also find me on Instagram at BauerPower82. It's B-A-U-E-R-P-A-U-E-R-8-2. Right on. So without further ado, let's get into this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power. All right. I just, I think I've been, I've been slacking on my audio recently in terms of where I'm recording it. Um, mm-hmm. And just because it was like, oh, I don't feel like lugging all my equipment upstairs into the closet to record to then have to lug it back down. And oh, it was just I me see. being lazy. You know what I mean? But I think the overall sound is going to be so much better. And I can already tell a difference that it just sounds, it just sounds better in my headphones. You know what I mean? There's no reverb. There's no echoing. Um, because not only is it full of clothes in here, but it's small and it's away from everybody. So, um, yeah, that's why, um, that's why I'm sitting here. The downside is when a car drives by, you might Mm -hmm. be able to hear it. Um, but I I think that's, you know, Uh, I'll, I'll let you know after, after the recording, if I heard any cars or anything like that, just to give you a little feedback. Yeah. Um, um, but as I was saying about the sleep, it took me a long time to uh, dial in a good sleep routine for myself. Mm-hmm. And and my schedule doesn't change, right? My work schedule stays the same every week, no matter what. It stays the same. I go to work at the same time, I clock in and clock out at the same time, yada, yada, yada. Now, I can't even imagine. I don't even like thinking about having to... <laughs> work different hours right yeah and uh, like that so i can't i don't even want to try to think about adjusting my sleep for that so you know it's hard it it will be hard and i think it's even more more important if you work different hours like that to put a lot more emphasis on developing a good sleep routine and having a good having a good routine that you go through to help relax yourself and get yourself ready for bed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's even more than the sleep because you have to think about your nutrition as well. Now, not everyone does things the same way that I do. If you talk to different people that work, you know, even just night shift, let alone afternoons or whatever, you'll find Mm -hmm. out that, Different people do things differently. Some people will work all night. They'll stay up till around noon or so mm-hmm. and then go to bed. Me, I like I mentioned a minute ago, I like to mirror a normal person's schedule and just flip-flop my sleep, like sleep and work times. So, you know, I go to sleep right away in the morning. And that way I can get up in the afternoon and do whatever I need to do in the land of the living. Mm. But, uh, you know, those days are easy. And my, like, 
two off days that are like normal like day shift schedule are mm-hmm. easy. What's hard is the first day back to work and the first day off. So essentially right. I have three different schedules <laughs> that I have right. to figure out for the week. Mm-hmm. Um and trying to figure out like the nutrition side of that, you know, uh when I yeah. had a coach, basically what he told me when I told him my schedule uh, he said, well, you know, your day back to work is an extremely long day. You need to have an extra meal in there. And, you know, your day off, you know, you it's okay if you don't, you know, eat all four of your meals. Like, if you right. eat three of them that day, that's totally fine. Right. Um, and, and that, I've kind of stuck with that, and it seems to work for me, but... Yeah, I think a lot of us have different things that we have to adjust for. Um, I don't want to make it sound like my situation is like better or worse than anybody else's because mm-hmm. there's always somebody that's got a better or worse situation than yours. But I think there are oh, a lot yeah. of people that are in my boat. Um, you know, and for me, it's it's about productivity. That was what originally got me started to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, people that work my schedule, you know, it's, it's easy to fall into d- depression and not know what to do with yourself and that in between time. Yeah. Um, especially if you're awake on a day off and you're awake when everybody else is asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's easy to earlier on. That would happen a lot more than it does now. Now, you know, I've been on nights for so long that it doesn't, uh, I've kind of got my schedules down. Right. But, yeah, yeah, if you're if you're newer to an odd schedule, it's definitely easy for that to happen, to sleep in, and then you're not tired mm-hmm. at night, and, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So, remember... On the on the last episode we talked, I mentioned how I wanted to uh, I wanted to read more this year. I, I was I'm gonna chase that goal again of just reading more to learn. Um, so I'm about uh, I read one book already this year. Well, I guess technically not this year because I did finish it before the new year. Okay, uh, but I've read one book since I decided <laughs> I was gonna start doing that. And uh, I'm about halfway through my second book. Um, and the first book was about leadership. So I'm not really going to get into that too much. Um, but this book is called uh, Wired to Eat by Rob Wolf. And he it does a very... familiar. It probably... It, you probably came across it at some point. Um, it very, it's a very popular one. But it, he does a very good job of explaining how our bodies are essentially wired to eat um, and how, you know, I don't want to, it's like, I don't want to say big, big food company, like you'd think of big pharma, but like the big food brands are engineering their foods to override our, the systems that, that our biological systems to stop us from overeating right um so there's this concept called palate fatigue where if you just have this giant bowl of broccoli and you just are eating it and eating it and eating it and eating it eventually you're going to experience this thing called palate fatigue where you just you put another piece of broccoli in your mouth and you're going to gag you just don't want to eat anymore you just can't At, at a certain point you start to just force the food down because you're just tired of the taste of broccoli. Mm-hmm. That and this can happen with anything, right? So that so that this is what that's what palate fatigue is for those of you who don't know. And we have these systems in place um, uh, naturally to prevent us from overeating, right? But what what food companies are doing is they're engineering their food to shut down these systems now. Um, I'm not saying that the food that you're eating is shutting down a system in your body, but what I'm saying is the food that you're eating is so 
palatable, right? It is so tasty. It is so good mm-hmm. that and it is, and it's causing dopamine to be released and other chemicals in the brain that uh, it's essentially tricking you into thinking that you're not full and you don't have palate fatigue and that you can eat more. And a prime example of this is when somebody says, oh, I've eaten so much dinner, I'm stuffed, I can't eat anymore. And then somebody brings out dessert and everybody always has room for dessert. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody brings out a nice pumpkin pie or, or an apple pie or a cheesecake and there's always room for a little bit more of dessert, if not a lot of dessert. And it's like, well, you know, you just said you were super full, but then you were still able to consume the dessert and you were able to eat dessert. And that's a prime example of how certain foods are engineered to override the systems that we have in our body. And he goes he goes on to explain a lot of other things, too. But that was just one thing that that I think is important for people to understand is that you know, I'm not saying it's not your fault. You are totally 100% in control of what you shove in your gullet. Like, that's on you. But it's a good thing to remember that these foods are engineered to override these systems. So that's why a lot of times when you say, oh, I'll just have one or two of these, it turns into 15 or 16, and you're like, holy fuck, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> you know, wh- yeah. where was my mind um, it's really, and I'm, so I'm, I'm going to use the podcast as a way to, to keep me accountable to my goal because I'm going to talk about whatever book I'm reading. Yeah. And, and I think that'll help me to stay on track with like, you know, constantly reading a book, um, as much as I can. But yeah, that, that, that was really like the, the highlight of this past week of what I read. And it was just, I think it's important for people, for people to hear that, that, you know, it's not your fault, but it is your fault because you're in control. But at the same time, keep that in mind. Yeah. And I mean, that that kind of all comes back to the whole thing of like, if you just eat food that is like real food, mm-hmm. you know, you you won't have to worry about that type of stuff as much. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Like if you go and buy... um. So you've got kids, and I don't know if you've ever given your kids beans and had them be really gassy, but, you know, Mm -hmm. that can be a very real thing. Um, The way that we make beans for, like, black beans, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, because my son really likes them, and we like them too, and they're pretty healthy. Um, Good carbs, good protein. But they do tend to give you a lot of gas. Well, if you soak them in... Like the dry beans, if you soak them in water overnight before you cook them, the gases are released, and you don't have to worry about that. Interesting. Yeah. Now... So that is like an old grandma trick, but, you know, for it's also the way that I guess they do it in Brazil, where my wife is from, mm-hmm. and, you know, I didn't really think much of it, because that's just the way that we've always made those beans. Right. Well, we went to a friend's house one day, and they asked if he wanted some beans because they they knew he liked them. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And it gave him problems the next day. Oh, shit. And then and I was like, I know it's not the beans. He never has a problem with the beans. And my wife said, well, yeah, but those Did were beans out of a it? can. Yeah. We do our beans. We soak them overnight and then mm-hmm. cook them. And I'm like, yeah. oh. I wonder if, so in... Uh, Dr. Gundry wrote a book called The Plant Paradox, and in that book he explains that a lot of all plants have defense mechanisms, right, to prevent mm-hmm. them from being eaten, so that they they can, you know, spread their seed over the land and continue to grow generation over generation. Mm-hmm. And so plants have developed defense mechanisms just like the way animals have, and uh, a lot of these defense mechanisms are. Um, like a good example would be like thorns on a rose bush, right? Right. Um, so a, a lot of these defense mechanisms are things are compounds called lectin, and lectin can wreak havoc uh, on our guts, and especially in children because they're young and you know haven't been ruined by the world yet. And so I wonder if 
and the process that he he says of how you want to prepare your beans is you want to pressure cook them and that will essentially rid the beans of this lectin mm-hmm. um and i've noticed that in myself when we have just take beans out of a can and make like nachos mm-hmm. i'll get gassy right but i have um there's this chicken it's like it's called salsa chicken it's a meal it's it's a salsa chicken essentially it's just salsa beans corn and some spices and chicken and you cook it in a pressure cooker right so every all the beans and everything gets cooked in the pressure cooker Mm -hmm. and that was one of the meals that i prepped for this week and i have not experienced that after eating a bunch of beans i have not experienced the gas after eating a bunch of beans and i don't know if it's the lectin or if it's something else um in the beans that would do that but um it's it was very interesting to me to hear that you guys soak the beans uh, and i'm i'm sure i'm assuming that's like bagged beans that are dry yeah like bagged dried beans yeah Okay. okay so actually like when you look at the water at the top of the uh at the top of the water you can see the actual bubbles when you do that no shit. Like, it's not like a science experiment where you throw it in and instantly it bubbles up, you know? Right, right, right. right. Um, but, yeah, like, if you look at it, you know, a couple hours later or the next day, yeah. Um, wow. And, and we cook them in the crock pot, too. It's a little different than a pressure cooker, but, yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say which one of those is having the desired effect, but mm-hmm. it works for me. And you've uh, that is interesting. something that works for it, you as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm sure I'll have to go back and read or, or look it up, but um, I'm sure that that was also a phenomenal book, uh, The Plant Paradox. I showed my mom that book, and she, like, totally adopted his ways of eating for longer than I would have recommended, but she did, and she loves it. And I mean, she doesn't always eat that way now, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's... It's one of those diets that um, I would only do if I had a chronic health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, those and and this guy Rob Wolf seems to be really pushing this paleo diet um, in his book, which I'm not never done the paleo diet. Probably will never do the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I have a opinion on diets um, only because I think they help to perpetuate bad relationships with food long term uh but yeah i think uh i think it's worth the read definitely worth the read and i'll keep i'll keep you updated um and everybody else i'll keep you all updated as the weeks go on as i continue to to read this book yeah Um, definitely share what you learn and you know we can uh all learn with you for sure Uh, did you go ahead yeah, you know, as far as what you said about diets, I I totally agree. Like, I, I guess the way that I think about diets is I think of, like, habits with food, you mm-hmm. know, not, um, and I really have a problem with, like, elimination-type diets where they tell you never eat this or... This is right. poisoning you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it's crazy because you look at, like, all these different diets that are out there, like like keto is a big one right now, mm-hmm. um, where you ate zero sugar. There are people that do that diet, and they work out and train, and, you know, it maybe it has a desired result, maybe it doesn't, but they're still alive. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're, they're still functioning human beings and you mm-hmm. look at other people that eat tons and tons of sugar and you know and one thing that's in my opinion not so great about the keto diet is you eat a ton of fat mm-hmm. um, so your body will work with whatever you give it it's just sometimes you're making it work a lot harder than others you know mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to choose foods that are easier for your body to to get the most out of. I don't want to say easier to process because that's not even always a desired effect. But right, um, you're looking for a good reward ratio there. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. Um, this week, did you have any particular wins or losses that you wanted to talk about? So, in the win department, um, I had the pre-drywall meeting for the new house today. And okay. It, it went, that's like a big, that's a big point. That's like oh yeah, where you try and catch anything before they <laughs> hang the drywall before and it becomes late, a lot yeah. bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very pleased that there was very little that needed to be fixed and you know, nice. I actually ended up getting a few extra electrical outlets out of the deal. So there you go. Yeah, so that went pretty well, and just uh, you know, more than just the meeting, it's just a sign that you know we're getting closer to being in the new house, and wow. it's something that, that we've so been working for, and just mm-hmm. you know, uh, so just really exciting. Yeah. So is it bigger than what you've got now, or is it like like our what, yeah. What, so the house i'm in now is a four bed two and a half bath it's about two thousand square feet two car garage and basically like no yard whatsoever Mm -hmm. like the garage is in the back so what would be the backyard is the driveway okay um and now we've got my son you know we kind of want to have a backyard somewhere for him to run around, especially because right. he loves playing outside so much. Right. So the new house, we are able to get a lot that was extra deep, so we'll be able to put a pool in there eventually. Nice. And still have room for, um, for a yard for him to run around and play in. Um, the new house will be about 800 square feet bigger, and it's a five-bed, three-and-a-half bath. So, okay. And it's a three-car garage, which leaves me a lot more garage gym space. Oh, yeah. For um, sure. I'm actually on my desk right now is a piece of graph paper where I've been playing with different layouts of how mm-hmm. I'm going to set it up. So, yeah, um, that that would be my big win for the week. That's awesome. Um, I think if it comes to... When it comes to fail, um, we realized that, and my son is about to be two, so he's approaching mm-hmm. that uh, that magical age yeah. where the tantrums uh, and things like that just really start to kick it into high gear. That's what gave me the fail this week. Hmm. Well, hopefully I'm not uh, mirroring yours exactly, but... I'll I'll carry on and we'll find out. So he has gotten to where sometimes, uh, especially with dinner or or any meal, eating in general, he might be really hungry, but he doesn't want to eat because he's so cranky. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we will, uh, you know, he'll ask for something. He'll be like, whether it's a food or something non-food related, like a light. We have these mm-hmm. little uh, battery-powered candle lights that were from okay. our wedding. We have a few of them. And he likes lights. He got on that kick after all the Christmas lights. So he'll ask for these things, and they're totally irrelevant to him eating. And sometimes we would give him these things, and we'd be trying to figure out, oh, what does he need? What did, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the food isn't warm enough, and I finally realized the reason that he is throwing these tantrums is because we're feeding them. When he is throwing these tantrums and crying and screaming, we're going, "Oh, what do you need? What do you?" We're paying him a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. So, what we need to do is not reward that behavior but reward the good behavior and so what i've been doing so far is when he starts with that i just give him the total deadpan you know just don't react at all and he'll sit there and scream and cry a little bit and then he'll just stop and he'll look to see if anybody's going to do anything then he'll start again 
and then eventually he calms he calms himself down and that's when I can like joke or smile with him or whatever so yeah but the reason I say that that's the uh, fail of the week is because that makes us the parents that have uh, raised the kid that screams at the restaurant don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> so that's well, my I'll tell you uh, what. that's the fail of the week I'll tell you what my daughter never did that never screamed at a restaurant but my son has such a loud fucking mouth that kid <laughs> he opens his mouth and it's like a giant black hole like he just oh my gosh same same kind of fail um but I just need to get better at the dead blank face uh, because tonight's a prime example um, that I was kind of rushed. I felt rushed, right? I wasn't rushed. I had plenty of time, but uh, me and my wife both wanted to work out. So as soon as I got home, I, I ended up getting home a little late because I had to work a little late tonight and got home later than normal we started our workout in the garage passed the baby back and forth um kids were out there we were all having a good time and finished finished the workout it was after the time we normally take the kids up and because of that we kind of just rush 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 get upstairs get the bath done you know and shane started to have a meltdown because he didn't have a nap today and i just did not have the patience and I was trying, but just did not have the patience to deal with it. Yeah. And uh, so that's definitely my fail um, of the week. Well, a fail of the week. The other one is uh, we've not been good with sitting and eating dinner as a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we do need to get better at that. And I think that falls on me not really... Uh, pushing for that and just kind of letting dinner happen. Um, that's important to me to sit and eat as a family, but with everything that's been going on, um, you know, right before Christmas and through the new year, I was working on some projects and because it's so cold up here, I can't do any epoxy projects in the garage. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to have it inside. So that took up the dining room and, mm. Then just now, that picture I sent you tonight of the two platforms, you know, pretty much all this week, there's been sheets of plywood in the dining room. So, like, you know, I'm eliminating the one, that the area that we do have to sit and eat as a family. Um, so, and that's actually an issue that, that I'm learning that we're running into is, you know, the house is just not big enough. Uh, we don't, we don't have a basement. It's a... It's a 13, 1,300 square foot, you know, single family, three bed, one and a half bath. Um, but we just don't, we don't have a basement. So there's a lot of area that would be so much nicer to have if we had the basement. And uh, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it to myself, but, um, you know, I'm doing it to myself in the name of, of the hustle, the side hustle, you know, and. Um, and whatnot, but, but I, at the end of the day, I love it and, um, I wouldn't have it, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, but my win of the week is in my training, uh, for sure. Did I already give, did I already say a win? You did not, no. Okay. My win of the week is definitely my training. Uh, this is the third week that I've been training like a bodybuilder. I'm about halfway through it, and everything's going good. I'm ready to switch it up again, and I, you know I haven't as much as I've wanted to really start benching, squatting, and deadlifting heavy again. I have not. Um, you know, still working through my hip issues. Uh, I think it's a combination of hip issues, a weak core, and whatnot, but. Yeah, it's something I'm dealing with, uh, something I'm living with. Um, you know, I think it might be sciatica. I, I might need to go get an MRI. I'm not sure. Um, 
but I'm doing what I can, uh, you know, to live with it, to work through it. It is what it is. At the end of the day, uh, this is something I need to keep reminding myself, but at the end of the day, none of this shit that we do in fitness uh, is making us money. Um, we're, we're average guys. We're average dudes. You know what I mean? We may be above average um, to the average American, but, you know, we're not above average to, I mean, I'm not at least above average in, in terms of the fitness space, um, you know, in powerlifting and bodybuilding, definitely I'm not, not even close to average in bodybuilding. So like, I got to keep that in perspective. And I think it's important to keep that in perspective for us average dads. Like this is something that should I should be using to keep me healthy this is something that I should be using um you know to maintain my strength to you know and if you get a little bit stronger that's great but like you're not competing you know what right. I mean all right maybe you are competing right you know uh, I would like to do another competition um but it's not the end of the world if I don't do better this competition that I did the last one or two competitions ago like you do it just because it's fun right yeah and even if i if i did do better uh, the only thing that's doing is stroking my ego you know i mean yes it's a good metric to track uh but at the end of the day like if my hobby is hurting me because let's be real about it like powerlifting lifting weights other than the fact that you want to do it to stay healthy, it's still just a hobby for yeah. us average guys. You know what I mean? So, like, if it's hurting you or if it's impeding in other parts of your life, you know, is that really healthy in itself? The fact that it's getting in the way or it's physically, you know, you're getting hurt from from training too hard or, or, or whatnot, like, is it really worth the time and energy that you're putting into it when you're not even getting any financial gain out of it? The only gain you're getting out of it is, well, this is fun. It's, I like it. This is fun to yeah. do. Right. Um, so I think keeping that in perspective is very important. And I think that like one thing that I've thought of before in, in reference to that is, like your family or your loved ones and your gym time like say you're running a program that okay you're supposed to work out monday tuesday wednesday off thursday friday saturday you know or whatever it has specific mm -hmm. days in the program right and your wife has a really bad day at work and she needs you to be there for her emotionally just because Thursday is the day you deadlift doesn't mean that you can't deadlift on Friday if your wife needs you on Thursday. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, Just push everything. It, it's really easy to, like, get excited about a program and be like, okay, it was written for, you know, for these results. Or e Even if you're getting personalized coaching and supplies. Right. You know? Right. If you don't do that exercise on that exact day might it have effect really? yeah maybe minimally mm -hmm. but is it worth um you know not being there for someone that that really needs you that counts on you yeah. absolutely not yeah and you know that that's a big part of the reason why you know i do try and maintain somewhat of a schedule with my you know training routine but at the same time if something comes up something comes up i need to handle that otherwise mm -hmm. it's just going to pile up on the other side of the door until one day the door crashes open and there's a huge pile of shit that i have to clean up and then what am yeah. i gonna do i'm not gonna be right. able to do anything for a month yeah so yeah i i, I totally agree um and one other thing I would add, I can't remember who said this. I want to say it was Stan Efferding said that if any elite-level powerlifter put as much into a business as he put into 
his training that he'd be a millionaire inside a couple of years. <laughs> and, you know, it really, like, if you think of all that goes into it for someone at that level, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's probably true. Um, certainly worked out for him, Mark Bell, Chris Duffin. I mean, oh, yeah. so many people, Matt Winning. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, you do have to watch where you spend your energy and your time and make sure mm-hmm. that you're doing what's going to be best for you overall. Because guess what? Yeah. If you get a divorce because you're a dick and you're spending so much time in the gym and you don't pay any attention to your wife, well, that's going to affect a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you can't lose the big picture. It's, yeah. And, and trust me, I get really excited about training programs and hitting big numbers and all that stuff too but oh yeah you know it's fun you do have to keep it into perspective yeah and like fuck i lost my train of thought uh oh i'm not i don't want people to think that you can use this as an excuse you know what i mean to not push yourself right like it's still appropriate to push yourself it's still appropriate to you know, like for things to be hard, for things to be difficult, but you know, there's a level, there's a point, there's, there's a line, there's like, it's like, it's like there's there's a line of diminishing diminishing returns. returns. Exactly. Exactly. Where, you know, it can only get so hard until it starts to interfere with everything else. And then at that point, you know, your relationships start to decline, um, and you know the mental health of of you specifically may start to go down. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, we're just guys, you know what I mean? We're just yeah. we're just dads. Like at the end of the day, you got to wake up tomorrow and go to work. Yep. And you if because you were trying, table, you yeah. gotta, yeah. If you were, if if because you were trying to hit a big squat PR, you hurt yourself to the point where you can't go to work. Well, <laughs> you hurt yourself doing your hobby. Yeah. You know, if you hurt yeah. yourself at work, you hurt yourself at work. That is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. you were trying to, you were, you were doing what you had to do to put food on the table, but you hurt yourself squatting. When, how much money do you make squatting? none if anything you lose money because you bought all the equipment that you have in your home gym or you pay your gym membership you know what i mean and the so like the caveat to that too though is that how much money do you save in medical by promoting good health true but yes but yes that is definitely i, I, I get what but, you're saying yeah and i'm talking about the extremes of yes like yeah letting it go too far and and being a dumbass and not not following a good program and not doing the the prerequisites and and you know all of the other important stuff and a good example of that is not training your core. I know you went through a good period of time where you had a weak core and it led to back problems. I'm going through that once again and you know um it's just something I hate to do. I hate training my core. I yeah. absolutely hate it with a burning passion. I just I don't want to do it. Right. I would rather squat bench or deadlift. Right. I would rather use that time to work out. But it's another it's another lesson that I need to change. You know, I need to change my ways. I need to change the way that I handle things and um, in that department. And that is what it is. And, And, you uh, know, like something in that regard, one of the things I realized with ab training, like. What's that? Parents especially have no excuse for not training their abs because you can do it mm-hmm. literally anywhere. You can do it on a living room rug. And chances yep. are your kids are going to see what you're doing. They're yep. going to start giggling and they're going to start doing it. Mm-hmm. That happened to me yeah. the other day. I, you know, I uh, yeah. was in a giggly mood and so I'm like, okay. So I laid on my back and I started doing flutter kicks. 
Mm-hmm. And so he laid on his back and started doing something kind of like a flutter kick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were but. doing night. We were doing uh, bird dogs when we we came inside and out of the garage. We came into the living room to finish finish our workout and do the abs portion of it. And uh, same thing, dude. Me and Nick were both doing bird dogs in the living room, and Shane gets down on his hands and his feet, and he's lifting one arm up off the ground at a time, trying to trying to imitate, you know. The I'm bird dogs that we're yeah. doing. So, like, you have no excuse if you're a parent, like, to do it. Because you can even incorporate your child, you know. Russian twists with your yeah. child. Yeah. You know. Um, planks. If you, if you have a young child that's still laying, right, not sitting upright, doing a plank, you know, and having your child directly under your face and holding that plank and talking to them at the same time. Like, you yeah. know, there's, you have no, you're right. If you're a parent, you have no excuse. Yeah. And, you know, like, this is something else I've been thinking about um, the last, I think it's been on my mind the last couple of weeks about, like, spending, like, watching your children versus, like, actually spending time with them, like, playing with them. Right. And it got me thinking, like, how many people are out there flip on the TV and do whatever they're going to do and really just don't pay a lot of attention to the kid versus you can be sitting there playing with the kid or going for a walk with a kid. Hell, take him for a stroll around the neighborhood. If he, if he's like my son and he can walk pretty well but not for extremely long distances, throw him in the stroller and go for just push him around for a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about this tonight before I left work. This was a conversation we were having. Yeah, but I mean, it's not about how much time, it's about how you spend it. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think, and what came up at work about this topic was the phone, right? The phone and social media is pulling us away. And I think the distraction was always there. This was my argument because when I grew up, before my parents got a divorce, I specifically remember my dad having a a very particular routine when he got home from work. He would turn on the TV, he would watch the news, and then there was a show on the same channel right after the news that he would watch. And by the time that hour-long news and that hour-long show was over, my mom would get home and it would be time for bed. And... He would sit glued to the couch to watch the news and watch his show. And I knew, me and my sisters knew, that we could go into the living room, pull all the cushions off the couch, jump on the couch, play whatever game we wanted to, because we knew Dad wasn't going to, he wasn't going to, you know. And there were times where he did get up and tell us to stop. But for the most part, he wasn't going to tell us to stop because he was distracted by the TV. And we recognized that, right? We were young. We were kids. You know, my siblings were not even in first grade yet, and we recognize that, right? Um, it's the same thing now, right? It, it's it's a distraction, but I think now it's more prevalent because we have it with us. You know, yeah. once you if you're watching TV, you get up and leave the room, the distraction is gone. It's not immediately in front of you, right? But we have our phones that we keep in our pockets. You get up out of the living room, you come to the kitchen, your phone buzzes in your pocket, you pull it out, the distraction's there in the, in the kitchen with you. You know what I mean? So, the distraction has always been there. Yeah. And to pull us away from yeah. the kids. But... And, and I've kind of thought a similar thought in regards to, like, the social aspect of things. Because people saying that smartphones make us uh, antisocial. Mm-hmm. Well, watch any movie from the 80s and it'll show you some kid with a Walkman with the headphones in their ears. As long as we've had headphones, there's been yeah. that type of thing going on. Mm-hmm. So And yeah, newspapers. Yeah, there's, newspapers. I've seen there's a picture of, of a train, uh, a fully loaded train or bus or whatever, and every dude on the train has got a newspaper open that they're reading. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just a different type of distraction. 
It's a new distraction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I I do think it's more potent. Um, Oh, yeah. Because like you said, it's right there. It's right in your pocket. It's always with you. Yep. And And it notifies you. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. You could carry a newspaper with you, but the newspaper isn't going to buzz. I have... Most of my I, I apps don't that. even have notifications. I actually yep. have to open the app to see if there's been anything going on mm-hmm. because I hate that. Mm-hmm. I have turned off all push notifications except for messages. And that's only because um, I like to know when somebody sends me a message mm-hmm. and particularly if it is related to the business of side of things so you know um i I like to keep my pulse on that but other otherwise yeah like the instagram push notifications that are like so and so liked your photo why would i (laughs) to me it's just like why do you need to open your phone each time someone likes it like right like why why do i need to see this i I don't need to see this i I don't care i'll see it next time i open the app you know what i mean or Somebody comments on something, right? If you commented on something, that's not enough to get me a notification, right? If you want to, if you comment on it to talk to me, in my opinion, it's not enough to get my attention. You know what I mean? I'll see it next time I'm there, but and I'll reply. But if somebody really wants to talk to you, they're gonna message you. If it's really important, they'll message you or or they'll call yeah. you, you know? or they'll call, yeah or they'll call. And like I'll I'll even sometimes I'll leave my phone in the bedroom, and I'll be downstairs. I'll be on a completely different floor of the house. Just do because. you do that? Do you do that every time you go to bed? Do you sleep with your phone? So this is the tough part about that for me. Mm-hmm. Is that when my son when I am sleeping most of the time, or on my work days at least when I'm sleeping. I have to be available in case my son is sick and has to be picked up from daycare. Ah, so okay. because I I have to have my phone with me, Yeah. what I'll you do is I'll there. go into settings and I'll turn off all the data. That way, if the daycare calls me, you'll still get the phone call. I'll get the phone That's call. But That's smart. if somebody sends me a message or whatever, who cares? I'll find out later. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, that's 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 prior smart. to that. Yeah, I, I I had started charging my phone, um, like downstairs or in the bedroom that we use as an office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was that was great because when you wake up, you don't roll over and scroll through your phone. Yeah, you go up and you have to make a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's more important, going down there and getting that cup of coffee or? Going to the far end of the house to get my phone to scroll mm-hmm. down. I'm going to get that coffee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I do the same thing uh, every night. I'll leave my phone on the kitchen counter charging. Um, and, like, it's it's great. I go upstairs. I feel disconnected. I feel like, I don't know, It's a it's a good feeling, right? I feel like it's time for bed. I feel like it's, I've shut, I've shut down. Right. Yeah. And I think that separating yourself from your phone will really help a lot of people, uh, with their sleep. I think sleep is a big thing to do that with. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. And then I, I mean, obviously the first thing I noticed when I switched that, um, the, the biggest question is, well, what do you use as an alarm? Oh, me? Yeah. Well, no, just I, in general. Like, oh, oh. Like, what do you... He's like, well, you got to use an alarm clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. I actually use a... I think it's Samsung. I'm not sure. It's like a sunlight alarm. Okay. Uh, it gets bright as shit, right? But it starts out really dim. And okay. slowly, progressively gets brighter and brighter. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Mm-hmm. Slowly gets brighter and brighter to the point where... If you don't wake up from the brightness alone, which if I get eight hours of sleep, I will wake up from the brightness alone, hands down. If I get like less than seven hours of sleep, generally I won't wake up just because I didn't 
get as much sleep as I needed. Um, but if I get between like seven, eight hours of sleep, the brightness alone will wake me up. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't wake up, then it'll, it'll just start beeping at the time you set it to go off at. But it is that alarm clock has been a game changer for me in the mornings. And nice. I'm obviously not distracted by my phone cause it's not right there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've I mean, just got <laughs> my alarm clock is the same one I've had for years. It's one of the old school. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the just that <laughs> oh, really annoying. That. You can't, you fuck can't hit that. the button to turn it off soon enough. Did you do you ever notice that the sound that you use or the song that you use for your, um, for your alarm? like annoys you oh yeah yeah you ever notice that like and then you hear it when you're not sleeping and you're like oh that is so annoying yeah yeah and, Isn't and that i mean interesting i'm i'm sure it's intent now I, I will say my wife the alarm tone that she sets with her phone is a uh i don't know it's a musical type thing Okay. And when it goes off, like, if that were my alarm, it would probably wake me up. And then I'd go, oh, that's nice music, and fall back asleep. But it worked <laughs> for her, so I don't know. But for me, I have to have that really annoying, like, oh, my God, just shut up kind of <laughs> alarm sound. That's just the way oh, I'm wired. Annoying. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, but with that, thanks for listening to this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power. Um, if you want to ask us any questions about fitness or dad life, send us a DM on Instagram. You can find me at Woody underscore fit one three. And you can find me at Bauer Power 82. It's B-A-U-E-R-P-A-U-E-R 82. Hell yeah.